Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yep, that's right. I'm officially scared of wrestling news. I'm officially scared of going on the internet because you don't know what you're going to read. So let's take that from, we throw it over there. And instead, hello, my name is Simon What Culture. Thank you for joining me as always. We just had another episode of Monday Night Raw. So let's take the finger of power. And keep the good bits are up and the bad bits are down, depending on whether something was good or whether it should be killed. Not killed, that's way too much. Let's go. <laughs> Bianca Belair was out to start Raw and she got one of those graphics fact images you get on the screen. And one of them was Bianca Belair deadlifts 415 pounds. So now I need WWE to do this for every single wrestler so I can sit there and compare them with myself and feel very upset because of nowhere close. During her entrance too, we were told one, the Brock Lesnar returns to WWE later. Although apparently this was just in video form and nobody bothered to tell us. But also two, that Riddle is going to have a Money in the Bank qualifying match against Omos. And if he does win that, and he does become Mr. Briefcase, he can then challenge Roman Reigns for the WWE Unified Universal Unilateral World Championship. And I was like, why did... We'll talk about it later. There was then sad news because Bianca was finally allowed to talk and she told us that her match against Rhea Ripley at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view premium live event was no longer able to happen because Rhea is injured. So that absolutely sucks and we send positive vibes for her. But then it turned out that Belair is actually in charge of the show now. So she'd come up with an idea. Because instead we are going to do Alexa Bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch versus Oscar versus Carmella. And yes, some of those names you should be like, what the flub is going on? That doesn't make any sense. And whoever does win will go on to the premium live event. And they'll take on Double B for the belt. This is when Becky Lynch interrupted. And yep. I have no clue. I went to address my notes and I was like, I don't know what I've written. I've made some kind of typo because none of the maths made sense when I added up the WWE and the AEW ones and then looked at the total. So here's what we're going to do. That's right. I've got my Miller Cannon here. Not like that. Don't you turn it into something disgusting. I'm going to do this. And the interruption counter blows up. It destroys. Look at the fire. Oh my gosh. Somebody help that thing. No. No more interruption counter. I can't keep up with it. I'm sick of it. 
And also, just to let people in on the joke, I love wrestling tropes, I love interruptions, and that's why I thought it was funny to do the counter, because it goes to show they are real, but it's dead. I mean, come on, we proved the fight. This is doubly true, because this was just interruption central. I mean, after Becky, it was Liv Morgan, and after Liv Morgan, it was Carmella. And I was like, uh, excuse me, can you please tell me where you've been for the last few weeks? And after her, it was Alexa Bliss. Surprise, surprise, Bianca Belair got bored during all of it and was like, can we please just start the match? I want to see some fighting. I don't want to be that guy, meaning I'm going to be that guy, but this just felt so stretched out. And I totally understand why WWE was acting on the fly here, because they had to change plans, but it was just so long. And aside from a line from Becky Lynch, she was like, Oscar, stop making Simpsons memes, which she does do on social media a lot. It's kind of looking at my watch going, can we get on with this, please? It's got to get it down. We then had a video package for John Cena returning next week, which seems like some kind of fever dream. And then we had this five-way. I thought it was pretty good. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we were told that Carmella has done away with her mask because she's gone out there and had her face insured. And that is so insane. We need to get all the way with this because even as a sentence, it is absolutely ridiculous. And you know how this went. The good guys help the good guys, whereas the bad guys help themselves because they're bad guys. For example, we had one moment where Bliss and Morgan got rid of everybody and then shook hands before they started to change the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. When they both failed, Carmella was back in there and she pushed Morgan off the top rope. And I've been thinking about this all morning. Surely that is attempted murder. It's not. There was a really cool spot where Carmella went to do a top rope hurricane rana to Becky Lynch and she fell down into Liv Morgan and then Oscar was in there to break all that up. And this is when Alexa Bliss was like, hey, why aren't I being included? So she stopped Oscar for applying the Oscar lock and stopped Becky Lynch after she had hit the manhandle slam on Liv Morgan. I think I've got that the wrong way around because Big Time Bex then hit another manhandle slam and that one was on Morgan. Honestly, so much was happening here and also I'm a massive idiot. But do you know who stopped her from winning the thing? It was Oscar, and I like this because it means this feud must continue as it's going to do in our main event. And then the Empress of Tomorrow then got booted in the head by Alexa, who then went to hit another Twisted Bliss on Liv Morgan, but she's got her knees up, and I tell you, this was very well put together. The finish was a bit meh because Camilla appeared from nowhere and super kicked Morgan in order to get the win. And while this is very, well, we can put her in the match because she can lose and nobody will worry about it. I am happy about this because Carmella should be being featured more on television and she has got a lot better over the last few years. But yes, I thought this was a solid match to the opening of Raw. Lynch was also so mad, she zoomed to the back to find Adam Pearce and she was like, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? Because she has a weird accent. And Adam said, well, before this episode, it was meant to be you and Oscar. So why don't we do that again? And the winner shall go off to Money in the Bank. Of course, Lynch was not happy about this at all. And then incredibly, Vince McMahon was on Raw. I mean, what is going on? This wasn't advertised beforehand, or at least I don't think it was. And much like Friday, he just strutted out. He took a microphone. He said, man, that John Cena, he gets my groin going. Shouldn't have said that. I massively regret it. And when he returns next week, he will be the greatest superstar of all time. And he left. Now, I've been watching wrestling for ages, and the last week has been so potty, I am actually nervous and worried about what is round the corner. So I think I'm just going to find a wall and curl up and think about peaches and cream, because everybody loves peaches and cream. It also kind of made me go, why the hell did we watch this shit? Well, I'll tell you why. 
Out came Riddle. Because he was up next, and I tell you, over the last few weeks, ever since Randy Orton hasn't been on TV, he has ensured to make himself a super-duper megastar. And even though he did lose to Roman Reigns on SmackDown, because he gave a valiant effort, he is just so over with the fans. And I still think we should have found a way to somehow split up the unified titles and give one of them to Riddle so at least Raw could have a champion. But here's a spoiler for you. We didn't do that and we're not gonna. He pushed once again this idea that the bloodline had ruined Randy Orton's career, but also that he had let his buddy down because he wasn't able to be victorious. So I was crying, but because I have a dark side in my brain, it was like, imagine Randy Orton does come back and RKO's the hell out of Riddle. I can't lie. I would pop. This is when WWE did ruin their own stipulation because Riddle was like, I know how I can make up for this. I can become Mr. Money in the Bank and I'll cash in on Roman Reigns. So it's just so simple. Why have a stipulation saying if Riddle loses this match, he can never challenge for the championship again as long as Roman Reigns has it, when three days later you go, surprise, we were just joking. All it does is means next time you announce a stipulation, I will instinctively go, well, I won't listen to that because it's probably possible. Poppycock down. Kind of interestingly, Riddle then switched to Seth Rollins and said, well, this guy's a hobo as well, and he also beat up Cody Rhodes with a sledgehammer, so I'd like to get revenge on him. Which is when MVP and Omos interrupted. There's another reason why the interruption counter is dead. They just said that Riddle was a moron and he was about to lose and flubbed me sideways. Don't know what that was. He actually did. Now, I like Omos a lot. Sometimes all I need for my wrestling is a giant man going, rah. But how can anybody in their right mind not look at the program, look at the product, and see Riddle and the reactions he's getting and go, I think we ought to do something with this fella. He seems like a popular chap. Because organically, the audience has been getting louder and louder. So what happened here is Omos grabbed him, bear hugged him for around about 92 years, hit the tree slam, just be him. Now we did tie this into the whole old oh, Riddle's got injured ribs and therefore had decided to wrap bandages around his waistline as some sort of protection, which is not a thing. But I also don't understand why you'd want Omos in Money in the Bank. Like, he's so tall, he's not even going to be able to do much of anything. He also gave Riddle another tree slam after the fact because WWE wants you to know this person is a massive nerd. And given that everybody is out injured, I do not understand why we didn't decide to do more with Riddle gotta give it a down. Apparently we hadn't crapped over him enough either because then out came Seth Rollins who absolutely murdered this boy and he finished him off with a curb stop and then got on the microphone and was like ha 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 what a loser and even I was laughing at this point because that's exactly how he came across. Raw can be wild. However none of this will matter as long as we do this plan. This is the plan that I want. Seth Rollins does become Mr. Money in the Bank and then at SummerSlam, when we are doing Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, number 78, he comes out, he cashes in, which is an homage to everything that happened at WrestleMania 31, and he does win. And I'll be so damn happy and I'll forget about all of this and never mention it again. You also have to imagine that we're now going to segue into a Riddle-Seth feud. And I also think that will actually be pretty good. But if Riddle does win, the loser will just have beaten someone who now is another loser. I'm just not into this theory and Bobby Lashley feud either. There you go. I said it. It had to be said. 
I'm trying my best, but it just ain't kicking. Theory was out here first, and he was back on his pose down platform, so apparently we're gonna make that a thing. And he started to go after John Cena. Now, if we are not going to do this match at SummerSlam, what the flub are we doing to begin with? But also, Theory should win, because if Cena does, what was even the point? Theory then started flexing, because we need more of that in our lives, when Bobby Lashley must have transported down from the Starship Enterprise, because he was just there behind him. However, I will say this, one, Theory is such a goof, when everyone started cheering, he thought it's because he was doing his double bicep pose. But also, when he went to do his selfie, through the phone he realised, oh no, Bob is behind me. I thought that was quite a good skiss. Ashley then got his revenge by squirting Baby all into Theory's face and spearing him off the podium. And because Bob wanted a title match after Theory had got out of there, magically he too had general manager powers. So he said, okay, fine, if Lashley does want a shot at this title, later on... He's got to compete in a gauntlet match, which doesn't seem very fair to Bobby Lashley at all. So this did get me in the end. Theory was suitably stupid, and Bobby Lashley should just be challenging Roman Reigns for the championship, but let's not talk about that. And the only reason I can figure that we are going to book this for the paper premium live event is because Lashley's going to win the championship. So we do Theory versus Cena, and Cena can win. I've already made my thoughts about that very well known. Otherwise, yes, surprise me. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Usos then quickly told us that Reigns would smash Lesnar much like he'd smash Riddle. I was like, dudes, you literally could have said Roman Reigns will smash Brock Lesnar like he smashed Brock Lesnar, which he did a few months ago. And they also promised that they would do the same for the Street Profits. 
So naturally, out came the Street Profits. This is when we found out that WWE is going to do their favourite thing in the world. Oh, we're having a tag team feud. So let's take one guy from one team and one guy from the other team and we'll have a singles match. Angelo Dawkins versus Jey Uso. Now the good news here is that Angelo Dawkins won because now you can start going, oh my gosh, maybe when these two teams do meet, the Street Profits will be able to win. Because so many times, the champions just destroy everyone. Although you could actually still argue this is 50-50 booking, but I don't want to think about it. And the finish was kind of cool too. I mean, I think the idea was better than the execution. But Jay went for a flying nothing, and Angelo Dawkins caught him in a sit-out spine buster, and he got the one, two, three. Now, like I say, when you saw it, it was more like jump, pause, I'm going to lift you, wait a minute, pause. And then he got him down. But do not forget, these people are human beings. And all I really care about is that you try. We also got this stupid line that Jimmy Uso had his back to the ring. <laughs> because he was so confident that his brother was going to win, and that's why he didn't help. And actually went, shut up, shut up. Just let Dawkin win, clean in the middle of the ring, with no verbal shenanigans. This was fine, it was what it was. We desperately do need new tag teams, but up. And then, my friends, the greatest thing in wrestling happened. I'm being serious. But we were in the back where, yes, we had Ezekiel on one side of the sofa, and on the other was none other than Elias. Now, this was clearly a fake beard, and we clearly done something to his hair, but bravo all around, because we clearly went top tier with this. It genuinely looked like there was two different people in the room. Oh, how I loved it. After a quick chat, the guitar man then walked to the ring, and he was his old self. Well, no, not his old self. He was just, you know what I'm talking about. And he even went ding, 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 walk with Elias. You just knew that Kevin Owens was going to turn up eventually, and by Jove, he did. He was so mad about this that I was almost in tears. I was like, Kevin, why do you care about this as much as I do? And he was also sure that everything he'd seen was CGI, because he went to the movies recently, and not only did he see dinosaurs, but he saw a T-Rex in a helicopter. Now, I haven't seen the new Jurassic Park movie yet, but if that happens, I am going tomorrow. Ezekiel then appeared on the big screen to prove they are two separate people, and I swear Kevin was gonna have an aneurysm during this. And then Elias started to sing a song that was basically like, oh, Kevin, you're a liar. And this did not go well for him. Because even though KO grabbed the guitar and threw it out the ring, Elias got another one, twonk and he smashed it over Owens' back. Kevin Patrick still wanted a word with Kevin when he came through the curtains. He was like, oh man, that didn't go very well. And Kevin Owens just had a meltdown here and said that he knew this was all trickery. So next week, he wants a match with Ezekiel. He wants a match with Elias. Or he wants a match against their younger brother, Elrod. Now, Zeke walked in here and said, sure, I accept that challenge. So for the love of everything, I need Elrod to be on Raw next week. How is this so good? It should not be so good. And it's been going on for ages, but I find it damn intriguing and I find it damn entertaining. And it's just excellent. It's just wonderful. It's making me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And it is getting it up. It was Gauntlet time next. And it kind of felt like it was there just to fill time. It was filled with nonsense too, as round one was Bobby Lashley versus Chad Gable. Chad Gable essentially got murked and he tapped out to the hurt lock. And round two was Otis. And because he's a big guy, this ended in a disqualification. When Bobby had the match won and Gable decided, nah, brah, I ain't standing for that. And he just attacked. Round three was Theory 2, which I think was meant to be a surprise. But I was more like, why would you give this away before we get to Money in the Bank? 
although the finish was really good because Theory was going for the ATL and Bobby Lashley of all people, even though he's huge, turned it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, but I kid you not, it looked damn good. So that is now our premium live event match, Bobby Lashley versus Theory for the United States Championship. I suppose it's fine. So was this up. Carmella then jumped Bianca Belair in the back to try and give that feud some kind of a story when it was time for Miz TV. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a bit sick of Miz TV. The main reason this week is because AJ Styles was his guest and The Miz reminded him how crappy he's been recently, which obviously tied into things with the Judgment Day. And was the Judgment Day on this show at all? No, they were not, aside from like a two-minute video. I get that their plans have changed drastically because of the Rhea Ripley stuff, but that doesn't mean all of a sudden they shouldn't be featured anymore. They have been a pivotal part of Raw for ages, and all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. Miz did try and wind up AJ about this, so of course Styles retaliated by talking about testicles. And what has happened here, a couple of weeks ago, Maurice made this joke about balls, and somebody in the back that writes the show was like, ho, 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 so now we have to do it every single week. And I know, cojones, testicle, balls, whatever the hell you want to call them, aren't they such a treat? Styles eventually just admitted that it was his fault he hadn't qualified for the Money in the Bank match, which is when Champa jumped him. Now, Champa does this a lot, usually because he's Mrs. Lackey. And do we know why he's Mrs. Lackey? The answer is no. However, this did mean it was AJ Styles versus Champa. Are you kidding me? It almost hurt to watch because it was so good, meaning you wanted Champa to be in a better position. And even though I don't think Champa got even one near fall, it was just so damn smooth and they're so damn talented. I was having a wonderful time. It was proper back and forth wrestling tennis as well as Champa did get some stuff in there. But obviously, eventually hit with a phenomenal forearm. One, two, three. And I cross everything that one day he is maybe allowed to explain himself. But this is getting up. I'm also glad it ended this way because I can introduce you to the counter that shall be taking over interruptions, which for WWE is clean finishes. That's right. We are going to see from now until the end of the year how many matches on Raw and SmackDown and premium live events actually finish without any shenanigans. Now, this is when WWE will just abandon DQs and countouts and are like an idiot, but this one would have counted because it was clean as a whistle. So prepare yourself. Miz tried to attack afterwards too, so AJ gave him the Stars Clash. And I have absolutely no idea which direction this is going. Veer then did an interview where, get this, he said, Fear Veer. Now I can't handle this because it means somebody in the back was like, man, what rhymes with Veer? And somebody else went, I know, Fear. And everybody else started to do a dance. But the real shame is that they could have had these nuggets. Beer Fear, where he just drinks booze. Deer Veer, where he pretends he's a deer. Hear Veer, where he listens to people. Near Veer, where he just invades personal space. Or Rear Veer, where he shows everyone his ass. Should have quit when I was ahead. Let's just move on. I will say that Veer came across as much more calm and collected here than he usually does and more in kind with what he does on social media. And I like this. It actually makes him feel like more of a badass if he's a silent killer. So they've got my interest again. We will wait and see. And then for the umpteenth time, Becky Lynch and Oscar went out there and reminded everybody, that's right, we're really good professional wrestlers. We always have good matches. Lynch also attacked Oscar during her entrance, but this was so smart because one of the worst things on wrestling shows is when somebody is in multiple segments and you have to go through their entrance about 78 times because seriously, the first one is always good because you get the big, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's them pop. 
Otherwise, it's just downhill. Oscar came right back to attack Becky, so this was already good. And then they were trying to push each other off the top rope. And this has become such a thing in professional wrestling in 2022. Even though, when you sit down and think about it, they are trying to break each other's bones. I think we must have been short on time at one point because Oscar did take this fall and you heard the referee go, quick, get up, inside now. And maybe they always do that before a count out because it made me laugh. And everything else here was just so damn well worked. I mean, they have such good chemistry, it should be taught in science class. There was another really good count-out tease after Lynch got absolutely murked by a knee after she had jumped off the apron. And once again, after they had traded the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, Oscar got bored of this. She smacked Becky Lynch right in the head and she pinned her clean for the one, two, three. Now she's going to money in the bank. It also continues the story of how is Becky Lynch going to get there? Because as she said earlier in the night, she is on the poster. This was great. Up. Some people have disagreed when it comes to Becky Lynch recently, though. So, all right, Pezapus, seriously, what is your problem with Becky Lynch? Well, I just can't believe ever since she came back, she had to be a heel and turn on the fans, and now she loses all the time. This is Becky Lynch we are talking about. I saw her over the face loss to Dana Brooke, and now she's losing to Oscar. What am I meant to do when I'm such a Becky Lynch fan? I can't handle it. Also, Charlotte Flair is better, and Sasha Banks is better, and everybody else is better. All right, yeah, cool, but maybe, just maybe, Becky Lynch is enjoying this role right now, and she's happy, and she's still entertaining, and that's all that matters. Don't you talk like that to me, you absolute piece of s***! <laughs> Think an octopus would be nice, and he's a massive asshole. Don't be a pessimist. Which brought us to the end of Monday Night Raw, and it was an alright show. I think the major issue right now is we are two weeks away from a premium live event, and it still doesn't feel like we're about to set the world on fire. But I was entertained enough. Everything with Ezekiel and Kevin Owens was absolutely excellent, so I'm going to give it an up. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies... I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. 